Welcome to Chucked. I'm Charles Braxton. With me is Austin Charles. And I love how people took a certain spider's web and they mixed it with goat's milk and made a silk. And I love how architects in sub-Saharan Africa took the tunnels built by certain ants that kept their tunnels at 72 degrees in the heat of the desert. And they built buildings in, in Africa like that. And I love that. And that's what we do with Chucked is we say, where does, where does Jesus fit with? this sports story. Welcome to Chuck. And we are glad to be with you for an episode of Chuck. Today we're going to talk about sports breakups. It always saddens me, Austin, to see what's going on. For example, with Mike and Mike. I mentioned it last week briefly, but more has come out as Sports Illustrated writer Richard Deitch, I think is his name, wrote an article on the breakup of the Mike and Mike show, which is on ESPN every morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. And uh, they seem so uh, collegial. They, for so many years, I think they've done it for 14 or 15 years, they seem so brotherly, really. Big brother, little mm. brother. Their shtick, as I mentioned last week, has worn off, but their shtick worked. That Mike was Golick was the ex-football player, the jock. Mike Greenberg was the sports nerd who loved sports but never played it. And kind of a uh, not a manly man. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really took that far. But tell us what's happened. Oh, I'll just I I'll just read part of it. Uh, the summary, maybe it's something that you just said. Um, ESPN Radio is experiencing some off-camera issues. Multiple ESPN staffers, including current and firm, former employees who have had roles on, with the show, told SI last week that the once warm relationship between partners Mike Greenberg and Mike Golick has turned icy over the last year, prompting a number of ESPNers to predict. The show will conclude long before the December contractual end. The sources said that Greenberg and Golick are not talking to each other off the set and hardly at all before or during the show or during commercial breaks. Um, They talk about how they're they're really incredible actors, and you really wouldn't tell. No, you didn't know. Um, You You couldn't tell. Because the the, the show is, is not just a radio show. It's also aired on ESPN2 and... And um, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell. But I, they, they did talk about how they don't make eye contact. And after knowing that, I, I was I watched a little bit of the sh- five minutes of the show maybe yesterday. And uh, man, they don't they make eye contact. I mean, they are looking at their notes or staring at the camera or somewhere off in the space and not not at each other. And it it once you, once you read you know know what's going on, yeah. you, it, it does seem pretty icy. They have to be really now uh, under the microscope because now especially after this week zillions of their listeners and viewers have read that article and they're under the microscope um mm-hmm. no question the basis for this was Mike Greenberg essentially negotiated a new show a better professional opportunity a morning show with ESPN. And the uh, lack of confrontation in him, 
He does mm-hmm. not like confrontation. He didn't tell Golik. So here you've been partners for a decade and a half, and he did not let him know that he was negotiating a personal advancement. Mm-hmm. How would you feel if a partner of 15 years did that to you? As a person who has no problem with confrontation, as a person living in the freedom of grace and recovery, this because this is part of my application, how would you feel, first of all? Not what would you do, but how would you feel? Well, I... I would, I would if, if this were the case, I think I would first examine my my part in it and um, why was I in business for so long with someone that's immature enough to avoid confrontation? I, mean, I think that would be the first. How did I not pick up on that, that I've bonded myself so close with someone who can't even um, let me know they're exploring um something you know something different i think that the first after that i don't you know I, I i i guess there's kind of a pitying there um i'd be offended to some degree certainly but i think i'd be more offended by myself that i could not discern that would be your side of the street that you're owning yeah i think i think i would be i, I, would, I would certainly that sounded be like christopher walken yeah well you did, you, well you know, he sounded like christopher walken there that. he just comes wow. out well wow. <laughs> Well, you know, um, yeah, I think I'd just be mostly offended with myself that I, I, like, how did I not, why was I associated with someone that is that scared to just say, hey, I, this is what I'm feeling. What do you think? You know, because I, but you know, I, I'm fortunate enough to be with people that, you know, a friend of mine say, hey, I have a resentment towards you for this thing. Oh, great. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, there's great freedom in that. So I I don't I I I don't I've never lived an adult, adult life without that that um, method of relationship. So I I don't I don't know how I'd, I'd react. It's amazing how liberating it is when you don't own other people's side of the street and you just own yours. Mm-hmm. How liberating that is. And I will say I I'm I'm, I'm really self absorbed. So I I would I would be in a funk for a long time because of how I feel about myself with that. So I'm, I'm not excluding. I'm not saying I'd, I'd handle this perfectly. I would that would put me down because I'd of how I'd be offended by myself. You know, it's funny how I can really pride myself on not being easily offended. And then I was telling you the other day about some friends that I've known for a very, very long time who moved out of state. Like, they've been a part of our church for 20 years. Never said goodbye. Like, never never said goodbye. Mm -hmm. And so it, my, what's my side of the street on this, right? What's my ownership of that? But then... The sense of pettiness that I felt that, oh, I was offended by that. You know, just, I, it's an offense. Uh, it's strange. Ministry relationships mean a lot more than people realize because it looks like you, you don't care as much because there's so many people. You can't give anyone the time that you would like to give. There's no one. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes that's your family. So it doesn't look like they mean as much. And right now, Golik feels like, he doesn't mean as much to Greenberg, I'm sure, as mm-hmm. he thought he did. And that can be very disillusioning. I remember when I was very young here at, at, in college hearing a message in chapel, and I still remember the three points the speaker made. 
Trust in yourself, but not very much because you're going to disappoint yourself. Trust in people, but not too much because they're going to let you down. Trust in God and you can trust him all the way. And I just always remember that, that you don't want to be a skeptic and a cynic all the time. You never trust people. That says more about you than it does them. But as the Reagan thing, Ronald Reagan, I know that brings up a bad memory for you, mm. Ronald Reagan, the, <laughs> the, the, the joke that hit like a thud on Saturday night a couple of weeks ago. But Ronald Reagan said, trust and verify, right? You got to trust and verify. Um, sports breakups, though. So this is, this is sad. I, I think it's sad to see two guys who seemed brotherly. I, I think mm-hmm. they... It, well, I will say it, it was time for it to end. And it like, was, I, I, I agree. Like that contractual and, end that and we in December was, that. was yeah. true because, you know, I, you know, I, I, I love the, the creative philosophy of when the moment you start impersonating yourself, that's when you've lost. Yeah. And, you know, like you see musicians do that. You see artists do that. You see athletes do that. They just, you're just impersonating yourself. And it's a shell. It, like you're a shell at that point. There's no, there's, gr- there's no growth there. You no. Know, there's, and I'm, that's why last week I mentioned what I was thinking about because before we recorded the show last week was when I heard initially that they officially had ended, they were going to end. And it's always on my mind now, being at our church for going on 26 years, that effectiveness thing, that effectiveness thing. You know, when, get out of it when you don't think you're effective anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and so often it's Brett Favre who's the last person to know that he needs to end it, right? Mm-hmm. He, it's, it's, it's that, so often that guy that you just don't know how to end it, and that's where things really tail off in their effectiveness. I think we agreed. We saw that with that show. It just... I stopped listening to it quite a while back very much. I might have it on for a few minutes in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, the only, yeah, the only reason I listen to it is, is it's the only thing on at 6 a.m. 6 a. or 6.15 in the morning, and there's there's nothing really else to listen to because that 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 impersonation, that stick, it just it seemed – it says they're great actors. I don't <laughs> – yeah. it doesn't seem that great to me. Well, I listen, as I said, yeah. to, help, to bless our viewers, I listen to 105.7 The Zone in Columbus now with Bruce Hooley and Chris Spielman. And I actually Spielman. listen to 90 uh, – 93.3 all the time. The, you really do? I, all the time. Christian radio. All the time. Christian music. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Did, uh, folks, uh, do you know what facetious means? Because that was a facetious I've, I've never. I think the only time I listen to that is on scan. Maybe. You know what? If, if I may give my artistic cool. input here, 93.3 is better than the than, than the, the, the K. What I don't even know if I K, listen to K it at Christmas, Christmas time. Ugh, yeah. I, I just, it's hard for me to listen to they still play too much Michael W. Smith stuff from the '90s, but '93 mm-hmm. will actually play some some stuff that's con, you know relevant now. Mm-hmm. If I want Christian radio, I listen to classical music because that to me. If is I more... want Christian radio, I talk to God and turn the radio off. <laughs> yeah, I think one problem but, with Mike but, and Mike here but is you're so spiritual. I know. <laughs> one of the problems that I, I, I just kind of picked up now is is. You know, it's being obviously being transparent with each other in a relationship because you know, from Gola, it says from, from Golak's perspective, he thinks Mike Greenberg should have come to him and told him what he wanted to do. But Greeny is very non-confrontational, truly a nice guy, and he would say that it wasn't incumbent to him to tell Golak everything about what he wanted to do professionally. I guess I can see both sides. The writer says. And then Golik said on air. So you know, you have these two people: someone who's so non-confrontational, and then Golik who is. Very confrontational, has right. no problem with that. Right. Raising a house full of boys and right. wrestler, all football, state wrestler football guy, player, yeah. 
has no problem so with with that. Um, so when so when Golik said on air, this is when it just it looked so uncomfortable. He said the last year and a half have been interesting, if not eyebrow raising as well. For me, it's not my story to tell. I'm going to continue doing this exact same show. It's for others to tell who made this decision, if they want to tell it, and how they want to tell it. Not my story to tell. So basically, as Greeny said, this show will go on for a while. We don't know how long into this year. And then as I start a new show with Trey Wingo, who I've known for years, I've done football with since 2003 and so on and so forth, and he just goes on to it. But like through that, it just, I mean, he's very comfortable with confrontation. And it kind of is amazing that like, you know, they've been in, in business for since 98 and yeah. they couldn't handle yeah. such a rudimentary thing as just yeah. explaining, you know, where they're at. Yeah. But. Let's, uh, here's, let's play a game. I say one sports breakup, you guys say another. You say one, I say one back. Let's see how many we can do, okay? Mm. And we can do between people and also teams because we have one that is very personal. Uh, no, we have two as Cleveland sports fans that are very personal breakups. Mm-hmm. I'm still dealing spiritually you have to say with both sides of it. What's that? You have to say both sides of the breakup. Yes, you have to say both sides. So I'll just throw some softballs out there because it's NBA playoff time. Kobe and Shaq. Mm-hmm. Sad breakup. Dan Gilbert and LeBron. Dan Gilbert and LeBron, okay. Well, I, I mean, okay, I was going to save those for last because those are just, oh, yeah. let's have an hour-long show to talk about the pain mm-hmm. of I, those you know, I love, I, you know, one thing to come back on and, and how, maybe I shouldn't even say it now, but I just will because I'll probably forget it. But when Dan Gilbert and LeBron met in 2014 to for LeBron to come back to Cleveland from Miami, the whole basis of their three-hour meeting, they sat down and said, we had five good years and one bad night. What's going to define us going forward? That's really good. That's really good. That's not. It, it was. It was. It was to get to reconciliation. Not that they were reconciling right then, but to get to reconciliation yeah. for that forgiveness. We, we had could, one bad we, night. We could dig into that or spiritually. Five good years. Know? What's going to define yeah, us going that's, forward? That's uh, well, that, because that for those that don't know, LeBron made this terrible decision on air to take his talents to Miami and leave Cleveland, and to also take one of Miami or Cleveland's most beloved guys, Zadrino Sagasics, to Miami as well. And then that night, Dan Gilbert, who was at this literally this billionaires mega conference, that's just a mega conference in Wyoming of all billionaires, that happened. That that wound to his ego happened while he was there. So he gets he has a couple bourbons that night, gets on his laptop, types up this letter. Oh, ouch. firing you know don't shots drink, firing at don't LeBron. Don't drinky drinky and texty and texty or immediately I, 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 I should say I made that the bourbon part up. That's just what I imagine him doing. He's doing oh, okay. some like really like some so eighty dollar like eighty dollar bourbon or something. Drinking and but anyway, he's, he he just fired just he just threw LeBron under the bus and all this stuff and and posted that to the internet, saying LeBron's never welcome here again. Basically, you see why that I wanted to save that for last because yeah. you can't help but the wounding just comes unraveled in you when you start mm-hmm. talking about that. You, I have uh, I have no idea what happened in the NBA from the year twenty eleven to. 2013. Yeah. No well, I, it's one of those. I remember where I was when I was standing in our living room where we stay in Hilton Head, and and I'm standing there. It's a third. I think it was a Thursday night. Kelly and JD had left. Our my my sister in law and her husband had left to come home. 
So she wasn't with us. She's a huge Cleveland sports fan. And I remember where I was when I didn't expect him to make that. I didn't expect him to leave. Mm-hmm. I did not expect him to leave. So that's our big one. Yeah. That's our second big one. Our biggest one, let's just, while we're on it now, is I just not even go there, is Art Modell moving the Browns to Baltimore. Art Modell versus City of Cleveland. Cleveland right. And um, I'll never get over that one. Um, so, okay, so here's one. Brett Favre and the Green Bay Packers. Hmm. Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Big one. Again, no communication. Yep, no communication. All Russ wanted was it was just, hey, this is what I'm doing, and right. and didn't get it. Lesson, listeners, communication solves a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Peyton Manning and, and the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf and Michael Jordan in 98. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. You know, Michael Jordan wanted to play, thought about playing another year. Ouch. And he Ouch. and he didn't um, and he wouldn't wouldn't uh, wouldn't have it. Also, a side note there: Phil Jackson wanted Jordan to join the Lakers the next year with Shaq and Kobe and mentor Kobe, and obviously they won it wow. two years later. And Jordan or Jordan didn't want to do that either. He wouldn't. Wow. Play, he wouldn't he would play have with Kobe. Seven rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it your turn? I just said Jordan. You and didn't did Jordan and Reinsdorf. Pete Rose in Major League Baseball. Mm. That's a sad breakup. Mm. Uh, Pete has never really owned his side of the street. Let us say that for the record. Yeah. Um, hmm. Oh, I stumped you. Yeah. You lose if you're the last one. Butch Davis and the Cleveland Browns. Center. <laughs> that oh, was, that's that was a fine cheap. breakup. That's cheap. <laughs> that was a fine breakup. That was, that was that was a blessed subtraction there. Mm. Um. Okay. Oh, all right. I think I win. Because so. I wrote a couple of Bush Davis and the Browns, that doesn't that doesn't count. So here here so LeBron I, James and, and Bill and, and Pat Riley is a pretty is a pretty that, nasty that one. is, that's true. LeBron James and Chris Pat Riley. Bosch, LeBron Pat James Riley basically said he was not a man if he went to Cleveland. He said what? He basically told him you're not you're not a man enough if you if you leave here. That is such a mm-hmm. that's a shitey statement. Mm-hmm. Because the 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 load he took on his shoulders, as you expounded upon so well a few weeks ago. By going to Cleveland, that is that is that is an asinine statement for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, so the great thing about LeBron is that it's a happy ending. It's mm-hmm. a happy ending to it. I always felt like he would come back. I just felt like it would be after his prime. Yeah. Who knew that he had ten years of prime left? Spiritually, life application here. I have a particular verse of scripture in mind. What's your What's your if I said Austin, give me one takeaway spiritually from this, from this Mike and Mike deal, from that that you're you're sitting in a group and somebody starts talking to you about Mike and Mike and Kobe and Shaq and Westbrook and Durant and LeBron and Cleveland, and you say, Well, here's the spiritual application, what would you tell people? Oh I think we touched on it in it's truth and love, truth and grace. I pray before each counseling appointment that I would, my ears would be blessed through a filter of truth and grace, and my mouth would be blessed through a filter of truth and grace. That uh, it's number one. It, it it can be for some people very easy to just to tell the truth and be honest, but it's it's even more of a difficult skill to um, tell the truth in love. So I think there are two layers of that. I think. 
you know, I, I th- I'm reading this book, The Return of the King, that Brian Windhorst and Dave McMiniman wrote about, their beat writers at the NBA wrote about uh, the tw- years 2014 through 2016 of LeBron and the Cavs when he came home and, and he won the championship. And so they break down that meeting that um, Dan Gilbert and LeBron had, and I think Vegas it was. And, the bourbon uh, meeting. Yeah. That was not the bourbon no, meeting. No bourbon. Yeah, they made that up. Um, Are you so, in the habit of making up bourbon stories about people? I make up Do stuff I? all the time in my head. I, I only say a quarter of it. But, um, you know, that, this is a long meeting, and I think, I, think that, I think that meeting, reading about it— How do you know when a drunk is lying? I don't know. When they're talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's an old saying in AA that, that, that the old-timers used to have of, uh, that you weren't allowed to talk in an AA meeting until you were a year sober. And, and so these old, these old sponsors would say, you know, shut your mouth. Why? Because if your mouth's open, you're lying. Which <laughs> yeah. uh, is pretty true. Yeah. Um, but that, that meeting between Gilbert and LeBron, there is truth. But there's also truth and love in this bond they have over um, Northeast Ohio, that they really loved Northeast Ohio, mm. and, and that was going to be the goal. They were going to find That's a way cool. to. They found common ground. They were from two up. different parts of the triangle, and they were going to meet at the top on this path of they love Northeast Ohio. They want a championship. They have differences, so they're going to be honest, and they're going to meet um, almost like this marriage. We have this love, but we have differences. How are we going to move to this, the, the 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 peak of this triangle? I love that. So if you're listening today, you're you're having you're either coming out of a conflict, you're in a conflict, or you're heading into one. That's life. That's just what life is. And that is amazingly valuable. Two things that I'm hearing from you. Are we going to let f- 5 years of good be annihilated by one night of bad? Mm-hmm. That is priceless. And then what's our common ground? What's our common ground? It's asking each other what, what what other one wants, right? This isn't just counselor speak for a woman who was cheated on. But at some point, what do you want? Yeah. It's one bad night, you know, to find X amount of years of marriage. This is, we're not excusing that, but what do you want? Do you what want out want? of this or you want in this? And that may take a while for some people to figure out. It might take a three-hour meeting. It might take it might. a couple months, but sharing what each other wants Greenberg saying, I want out. I, I have a better opportunity. I want out. I, I think Golik Golik saying, I want like he would have owned it. He would have said, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, okay. Mm-hmm. I'll end with this. I, 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 will, I will just about take any relational discussion back to 1 John 4, 18 to 20. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear. Unbelievable how many problems are caused because of fear. I'm afraid to confront, so I don't tell my friend and coworker I'm looking at another opportunity. Damage. And perfect love drives it out. When you love enough, you talk it first. You talk it first. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Chuck. A little bit of Christopher Walken. Not enough, probably, for my desires and wants. I just love that. And... As always, you've been LeBron, because Austin cannot talk without speaking about LeBron James. But we hope you join us next time on Chucked.
hey listeners if you like this then let everyone else know rate it five stars tweet it gram it snap it book it whatever five stars chucked amen <laughs>